finished burping, then we are recording. <laughs> this should be called Burpcast. <laughs> Welcome to Happy Hour with Brittany Bowering and Penny Blackmore. I forgot your last name, <laughs> but we did it anyway. So we're going to be talking about all things work-related today. It's going to be super fun. I'm so excited. Oh, we're, all, we're very excitable people. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to be peeling back the lid on just everyday work life. Yeah. Because it's fascinating. Absolutely. What do you do, Brittany? Oh, me? Yeah. Thanks for asking, Pen. <laughs> um, so I work at a, I mean, well, Penny and I work together, actually, mm-hmm. at a cool design and innovation studio here in Berlin, Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am basically in charge of all of our brand stuff. So we do a lot of media production, a lot of social media as well. And I'm kind of, you know, doing, overseeing all that kind of I have this like mental image of you standing on a um on a raised surface with binoculars. Yeah, yeah. And you're overseeing. You're like, I'm I I see you over there. Yeah. I see Mm. what you're doing there. (laughs) The the thing is is that not only do I oversee, but I also do a lot of it. So I am actually oversees and overdoes. I oversee. We love laughing at our own jokes. It's the best. So if you, I mean, like, just just join in. Just yeah. laugh along. Laugh along. It just feels good. It's more fun that way too. Okay. Penny, what do you do? So what? <laughs> Penny, what do you do? Penny, Jesus H Christ. Okay. Um. So what I do, I'm the new business director. So that means that I help the company to get new clients. Yeah. I I never know how to explain that in like a really logical way, but essentially my job is. It's not sales because I don't sit on the phone and call people all day when they don't want me to. Um, but I just essentially am building lots of relationships within our industry um, and getting people to trust me, which is a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Do you know what I was thinking the other day, Britt? What? Um, I And I often say this to people who are kind of struggling in their careers. Um, if someone had told me what I'd be doing 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I would have really like screwed my nose up. I would have been like, Ugh, yeah, why yeah. do I want to do that? It sounds so corporate, you know, yes. and it sounds so, um, adult. And I was like, really back in those days, I was like, I want a glamorous yeah, what did job. You want to do? What was your like, oh, ideal yeah. situation? So I start like when I started interning and doing like really shitty, you know, junior jobs, I was doing fashion stuff. I yeah. really wanted to work in fashion, but um, what I quickly found out is that a lot of the people at that time anyway in fashion really didn't want to talk about anything else except fashion. Yes. Um, and also the other thing that I really I couldn't keep up with was like they had wealthy families who were willing to mm. buy them outfits. <laughs> right. Um, and so I was like, fuck, like I can't work on no money because I wasn't getting paid Yeah. and also buy the outfits. Um, I can't keep up with this lifestyle. So I kind of was like self-selected out of it. Yeah. Um, But also I think like those glamorous jobs, like they're never as glamorous in real life, not even close. They're miserable and you get abused and exploited. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I like light. I hate saying that I worked in fashion because I definitely didn't, but I worked Mm. at a public relations agency and we had some fashion clients Mm. and they ended up being sort of my clients for a short time Mm -hmm. until I realized that I just really hated that world. Like it's just, yeah. And I was also being paid nothing because Mm. in in the fashion industry and in public relations and in advertising and all those things, at the beginning you get paid 
nothing. Oh, less than nothing. Less than nothing. I remember this woman who... <laughs> they take money from you. Yeah. Yeah, I remember this woman who I met. She's like a famous Australian fashion designer. Yeah. She's doing really well. I remember her talking to my boss at an event and she was literally bragging about how she has 23 staff or something and she doesn't pay any of them a dollar. Oh my Isn't that God. so gross? That I'm like, is awful. You're walking around in like Balenciaga shoes and you're yeah. not paying anyone that you get to work for you. It's but that's terrible. just the industry, you know? It's so like, it's like, uh, like who is it? Like Cruella DeVille, you know? Oh yeah. Style, like that's it. Yeah, no, fuck that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you can work for free sometimes, but it's got to be strategic. Oh, exactly. It, yeah. yeah. I'm all for working for free for, like, short periods of time um, mm. and for, like, yeah, strategic reasons. But, um, yeah, otherwise it's just, it's a It's, a it's exploitation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, what about you, Brittany? Do you have anything in your life that, like, people would think that it was glamorous, but it's actually not that glamorous? Actually, I do. Mm-hmm. But what, so this is, I mean, so I do um, stand up comedy as kind of a a creative outlook, outlook, out, outlook, out, out, do, out, see, oversee, outlast. <laughs> all right, cut that all, Max. No, no, I like all of that. <laughs> okay, so as a creative output, can I say that? Yes, that's what the word but is. It's not. Is it, is it outlet? Outlet. That's, That's it. what I was looking Factory for. Outlet. I'm like, you know, everybody who's listening to that is like, it's outlet. You yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So as a creative outlet, I do stand up comedy. So I write comedy, I perform it. I do it weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, sometimes tri-weekly. Oh, Whoa. She's doing a three-way. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but people are always like, that is so cool. That's so fun. You know, you go on the stage, you know, you're hanging out with all these other funny people. You're having drinks, you know. And the thing about it that I've realized is if I want to continue to do it in a real way and like mm-hmm. actually work towards it, like to work towards like coming up with an hour of comedy and like doing more mics, mm-hmm. I have to keep myself a little bit under control in terms of like late nights mm. and drinking. The post-show and, celebration. Yeah, because yeah. I come off of the stage and if it's gone well, I'm super hyped up and excited mm. and all I want to do is like, let's party, yeah. let's have some drinks, yeah. you know? And and honestly, I, I can't, I mean, I when I first started doing comedy, which actually was like four years ago now almost. Oh. I could do that a little bit more than I can today, mostly because I'm working. Ooh, We're cheersing. That was a cheers. <laughs> a cheers, but it wasn't wine glasses. We're mm. having gin tonics because it's Friday. Mm. When I've been drunk this. since about lunchtime. You have been drinking a lot today. No. Um, but I, I feel a little stressed, it. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots going on. Mm. But anyway, the point is, is that I've kind of just realized that I need to like keep that under control. And you can't... If you want to have, you know, these side projects going on, you really need to keep them reasonable. Oh, yeah. And like, I can't have late nights several times a week and yeah. be expected to actually perform at a full-time job. For sure. You know, at the same rate. So, yeah. yeah so, it, it's um, it's fun, but it's definitely, I mean. It's bringing a bit of discipline into it. And yeah. Like making it a job as as as. Opposed yeah. to, like, yeah, I mean, like, it's That's funny because I was yeah. talking to my boyfriend about this. He used to DJ a lot and it was, like, you're – he would his set would be at four in the morning. Right. So yeah. what do you do until then? Well, you party. Yeah, of course. And, and that's not really a sustainable way to live. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's so and it's just so like you feel it. It's like a very unhealthy thing, mm. you know. So I think if you're approaching like 
hobbies that incorporate any kind of like yeah alcohol or late nights or whatever you need to really keep that yeah. in check if you, if you you know unless you want to start doing it full time yeah in which case I mean yeah it's just about in. mindfulness right exactly um, be mindful <laughs> do you know what, what when you're when you talk about the like post-show buzz yeah this is this this is so lame but what it makes me think of is when I used to work at Nine West the shoe shop <laughs> I was a top seller. Cute. Um, and on in Australia, in Sydney, on Thursday night, they have late night shopping. So late night, it was like the shops close at nine. So everyone like all these chicks, the sort of person I am right now, mm-hmm. they have a few drinks and then they go shopping oh and they're really God. ready to demolish their credit cards. Like, totally. Have you is, gone drunk shopping? Absolutely. It's my so, favourite thing. It's so dangerous. It is so I've much fun. really weird shit oh, drunk shopping. But I love the laugh that you get the yeah. next day. You're like, what the what fuck was I here? thinking? Yes. Okay, great. So, um, so imagine that, like, I'm working in the store. I'm yeah. dealing with all these drunk bitches. It's hilarious. Yeah. But you are selling like an animal. Like you are really, I would just get on this like Well, you're tear, a sales machine. And I love it. Like I love selling people's shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it makes me sound like a foot fetishist or something. But <laughs> selling things is fun, yeah. especially fashion-y things. It's so fun. It's also like you get this like hit of dopamine, right? When 100%. They, when they're like their credit cards are swiping through and the system. Yeah. I mean like, like I don't know, when I was working in retail, the thing was, the multi-sales. So can you sell them mm. one thing, but then can you upsell them to something else? Yeah. So you that get that multi. Like try to, you try to sell us like a sock or like a, a, an insole or something. Anything. Yeah. You can or sell them um, leather conditioner. You can sell yes. them like the the spray, whatever. So if oh, I made a multi-sale, I'd be like buzzing and I'd get home. We'd close the store. I'd walk out of there at 9.30 and I'd get home and I'd be like, like just having this really great sort of like euphoric natural high it was great yeah so here's my question Mm. your shops aren't normally open until 9 p.m no australia's a butthole in that way yeah that's insane yeah (laughs) like it's open i mean i'm from canada uh which is of course in north america Mm. and like any opportunity that we have to like sell people shit it's like the shops are open till 9 p.m. every night of the week except for Sunday. When oh, they close that is six. luxurious, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. How how and late dangerous. are they open here? Oh, like, well, it depends, right? Like, I think a lot it's like 7, sometimes 8. Okay. Yeah. Like, usually the weekend days, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm. they might be open till 8. Yeah. I just never go physical shopping here, but anyway. Oh, it's a disaster, don't you? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. all on the internet. That's it. <laughs> the internet. The home oh. of regret. The, but the thing is, you sit at home on the sofa, you oh. drink wine, and you shop. I, I lo- mean, I, I love it. It makes me truly happy. Yeah. yeah. And it's you so watch good. something on TV while you're doing it. Oh. And you tell your boyfriend, don't worry, honey, I'm just putting things in my bag. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Max is going to hear this because he fucking edits our anything. podcast. I just fucking. Yeah. I mean, bye, honey, bye, bye. when I say that, I'm actually telling the truth. I mean, he. Yeah, right. I do love putting things in my back. He knows what you're actually doing. <laughs> you, you're not getting anything past him. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, uh, he's not—he's—he's he's not just a pretty face. Exactly. That—that that boy. And actually, at the end of the episode, we're going to be sharing our favorite resource for the week. So stay tuned for that one. Yeah. Right, should we jump into our first 
letter of the day, Penny? Absolutely. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, you should read this one, I think. Oh, I definitely should because when I read this letter, everybody, yeah. I was like, oh, I was this girl. Okay. This was me. I have a really embarrassing question, so please don't judge me. I know this is not contributing to the feminist cause, but I often cry at work. Like if things are, if things get tense with my manager, I'll cry for sure. It's so frustrating, but I'm telling you, I can't stop. I think the reason is that I'm not really doing well at my job. I always feel like people at work are against me, that I'm not performing and that I'm misunderstood. Also, I hate saying this, but it's a hundred times worse when I have PMS. I'm never going to be taken seriously at this company, that's certain. But I need to make sure that this doesn't happen in my next role. I'm desperate to get it under control. Please help. Thanks, Sarah. Oh, oh Sarah, Sarah. You poor little pass. This is real. This is really tough. It is. Oh, Sarah, I have been you. Yeah. I used to cry all the time, whether it was like when my boss is being mean to me yeah. or even giving simple feedback or just like, and whether it was in the bathroom or in front of another person, I just. Why, why, why did you find that? Like why, think, what was making you cry? Yeah. I mean, like, I think it was the, I knew the reality of the situation, which was that I was, I would say like almost kind of flailing to keep on top of my responsibilities mm-hmm. um, and to do a good job. Right. So like, obviously there was just this kind of consistent income, uh, sorry, consistent influx of negative feedback like oh penny you didn't really do this properly penny didn't do that properly right and so no appreciation no positive uh reinforcement i always sort of i was surprised i didn't get fired by the time i finished the job i was like wow but then that was a little bit of negative self-doubt stuff yeah but yeah i just like i just wasn't coping that was the reality of it Hmm. um and I think, like, from what you've said, it sounds like you're not coping either. Yeah. And I think, listen, that's okay. That doesn't mean you're not going to cope forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that life for me, now that I'm in, I'm in a job that I really love and I'm getting very, very appreciated, that life for me feels a million miles away and I've never cried at work at this job. So you've got to put it into perspective, like, um, it might be the job. You might just not be right for that work culture. You might um, need to try something else. So just finish up there. That's my advice. Like I I took this job when I was crying all the time and I just did as much time as I could do so that it would look good on my resume. Um, That's a good point because I think that at this point, if you're crying at work, there's like – there's very little chance you can come back from you that. can't I don't think you can come back yeah but you can regain respect from the people that actually matter yeah that's so true. I would set a time in the calendar with your boss mm-hmm. and um let him know or her know what it's all about I hate that I'm deferring to him yeah. who's your boss have you said that no no but let's be honest, lots of bosses are dudes. Yeah. Um, so set a time and just put it in the calendar invitation um, feedback session. Yeah. Um, and so then you can just sit down with a notepad and pen. <clears throat> you want to look eager yes. and be like, all right, I really want to know. 
Like, I know I'm like, be very self-aware and just say, I know I'm kind of sucking right now. I really know I can do a better job. Um, I know I'm making these silly mistakes all the time, but I really want to improve. What can you suggest to me that I might improve? Yeah. And I think that process um, will show that you are committed to the job. You're committed to being better professionally. Um, It'll give him or her, (laughs) God, I'm just doing that so automatically, um, so much confidence that they can actually trust you to take on this potentially negative criticism. Um, And it'll force them as well to reassess what they think is wrong with you. I've actually done this before and my experience was that actually there, there isn't that much that they have to complain about because if there was, they would have fired me. Yeah. Um, they see potential and that's why you're still there. So probably you might get some good feedback out of that as well. Um, I think that's an excellent point. I think mm. that if you aren't like at the point where you are just like so done and you're so emotionally drained that you just need to leave mm. and you want to kind of stick it out a little bit more and maybe just see if the tides turn. Yeah. I think that that's the way forward. Yeah. Be open and honest. You can even say things like, you know, I've just, I haven't been feeling very confident at work because I feel like, yeah, I'm just not doing what yeah. you are expecting of me. Yeah. And yeah. really just don't be afraid to show a bit of humanity. Yeah. And while you're, ability. yeah, mm-hmm. I, while, while crying is showing a lot of emotion and that's not usually welcome at work, mm-hmm. I think humanity and vulnerability and self-awareness is something that you should be focusing on. Like just whatever falls into those categories, do it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I would suggest is if you're if you're the one that's going to be pr- um, kind of walking into these situations and bringing something up that is going to make you cry, for example, if you have to deliver negative feedback to like the most popular person on the team yeah. and you're really afraid of doing it or something like that, if you're walking into a tense situation, plan it out, write it down, think about it very carefully run it across a friend, tell the friend the whole situation. Tell yeah. it if, if you've got a good relationship with your parents or your boyfriend or a friend, take it to them, practice a couple of times. Yeah. And I'm not saying like over days, I'm like, just do it in one night, call someone up and say, tell me how you'd take this. And so you've got it out the first time. It's, I think that's a really good point. Getting like doing a little run through yeah. will change everything. Yeah. 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 It'll yeah. make you so much more confident as well going in. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good, really good suggestion. Yeah. I think, um, I, I really, I empathize with you, Sarah. Um, (laughs) I, I think it's a really tough position to be in because at the end of the day, most people do want to do a good job and it really hurts thinking that you, you're not doing that. Um, so yeah, I, I think the two things here are like, talk to your manager and try and like reflect a little bit more on how you can how you can do a little better. Yeah, I totally agree. Great. Great. Fabulous. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for sending us your letter. And also, I think it's super important for us to emphasize we're never judging. Never. That's what we're here for. Yeah. That's what you're getting this free, unwarranted podcast for. (laughs) (laughs) Unsolicited advice. Except you did solicit it because you sent in a letter. You did solicit our advice. Yeah. Our 
next Which question. Which question are we doing? Are you ready? It's You're going to surprise me. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh. Whoa. I'd like Let this. me switching things up. I, yeah, unsolicited. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Here it is. Uh, hi, Penny and Brittany. I've just graduated from university with a degree in business. I'm really excited, but also very overwhelmed. Mm. When it comes to finding a job I love, where do I even start? I'm a bit confused about what I actually want to do, and I kind of feel like I have to specialize in something in order to be valuable for an organization. But I'm nervous to choose something in case it ends up being a mistake. Help, Danny. Oh, Danny. What a great question. Fuck, I've got a lot to say about this, but you go first. Okay, I'll go first, and then you can, yeah, chime in. Mm -hmm. So... Here is the thing that I would have to say about that. Honestly, I think the most important thing you can do in this situation is get a job. Mm. And to me, it actually does not matter what job you get. I mean, obviously, it should be in a direction that you are intrigued by or interested Mm -hmm. in or somehow your skill set makes sense. But don't ever get your first job out of university don't let that define your career. And it's not going to be a perfect job of either. Of course not. Yeah. Yeah. The point of getting... Get a job, a, girl. Get a job. Do you know that, you know, in um like gospel choirs yeah. or gospel and the the reverend says something like, da, 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 like praise Jesus. And the whole crowd goes, whoa. Oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. how I feel sometimes oh. when you say things. It's like, oh, hallelujah. Oh. Yeah. We should have a little... Amen. Like, an amen. Can mm. I get an amen? Amen, girl. <laughs> Sorry, that, I hope um, that's not offending anyone. The thing is, I think that sometimes <laughs> when we have this, like, I mean, especially these days, we are so paralyzed by choice because uh-huh. there's so many directions you can go in. It's often just too overwhelming and you really literally can't make a step forward. And I think that what helps me when I feel like that and I feel like I'm like, oh, I can't decide and I'm really like, what if I choose the wrong thing? What if I do? What if I do something that I'm not interested in? What helps me is if I just say to myself, you know what? This isn't a forever decision. Mm-hmm. Why don't I go in this direction, give myself three, six months, and allow myself that time to then reassess and mm. be like, hey, do I even like doing that? And that way, it really allows you to relax a little bit mm. and actually just learn and grow with your first role. For you sure, know? yeah. And, and then you can like get into more specialization. Like your first few years are not going to be, you're not going to be specialized. And don't go anywhere near specialization exactly. in your first few years. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think another thing is that's important to remember is like balancing your skills and your interests. Yeah. So um, like what can you do and you know you can do well? And then what are you really interested in and what like kind of gets you excited? Mm. And try to find something in within those bounds. Yeah. I think that is a really good place to start. Absolutely. I'm also like really envious that you have a degree in business. Like, yeah, I think that would have been, I dropped out of uni because I, um, I think I did what a lot of people do, which is, uh, do the whole thing of like, uh, someone tells you, follow your dreams, follow your passion. And I'm like, I know nothing of the world. How can I possibly have a passion at this point? I know some people do, but I wasn't one of them. And I don't think many people at university age have a passion or a dream. Like they're just like, I just really want to have a happy life. Yeah. So, um, I, I dropped out cause I was doing an arts degree and I thought, I don't really see how this is going to be relevant to any job ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and frankly, like a business degree would have been a good direction for me. So I think, um, awesome that you've got that first 
foundational step. That's a brilliant place to start. Um, and like Brittany said, I mean, don't worry about specialization at the moment. Um, it's, it's not going to be super important right now. Um, the, the idea of finding a perfect career is actually kind of, uh, as far as I know, and as far as I've experienced, it's a, it's kind of a modern, it's an urban myth. Yeah, it's a fallacy. Exactly. Yeah. There is no perfect career. Yeah. Um, you have to, um, look up online the fixed versus growth mindset, it, I mean, like, it's just such a great philosophy. And once, once you are able to adopt this way of thinking, it almost doesn't matter what you do because you'll be learning from everything. Yeah. So I'm just picking this straight up off a website. A fixed mindset, people believe their qualities are fixed traits and therefore cannot change. These people document their intelligence and talents rather than working to develop and improve them. They also believe that talent alone leads to success and effort is not required. Mm. So um, actually in this podcast that I was listening to today that um, one of our colleagues recommended, there was this great part where this very um, these two published authors were discussing the idea of overcoming adversity, right? And they were both saying that they both used to suck at public speaking and now they're very confident at it. And I think that the mistake that people make is seeing someone who's really capable and has a lot of accomplishments and thinking that that's a natural gift and it's always been that way. Um, so in a, with a growth mindset, um, people have an underlying belief that their learning intelligence can grow with time and experience. When people believe that they can get smarter, they realize that their effort has an effect on their success. So they put in effort, extra time. Yeah. So it's about um, getting comfortable with failure as well. Um, thinking about, okay, that wasn't necessarily the perfect experience, but because I had that imperfect, imperfect experience, I learned so many things Absolutely. about myself, about the world, about everything. Yeah. And I think you might be also surprised at how many skills are transferable mm. between industries. I mean, I, point, you know, I started mm. my first job was at an oil and gas company. Get out of town. Yeah, it's awful. I that's know. because that actually it's funny. That's a Calgary thing. Yes, right? Like yes. all oil and gas. Got it. Yeah. So I'm from Calgary. That's like where all the oil and gas people are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's like the biggest industry in that area in Alberta, Canada. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I worked in an oil and gas company. Mm -hmm. Then I worked at a public relations agency. Mm -hmm. Then I worked at an advertising agency. Mm, great. Um, in between all those, like I did a lot of different things. Like mm. I was an English teacher. I also worked at restaurants, all those kinds of things. And then now I work at a design agency. Yeah. They're very, like, I mean, I know that I said agency several times there, but like design, advertising, public relations, and like corporate oil and gas, yeah, like are very different industries. Yeah, I mean, like the time after you finish university, that's a time to gather experiences, yes. like collect them, like they're your favorite kind of stamp. Mm -hmm. You know, like really get out there and learn as much about the world as you can, like different types of industries, different types of companies, because you don't know what's important to you yet. Exactly. So don't worry about it. Exactly. Just try and learn what might be interesting to you. Can um, I get a Hey man! Hey man! <laughs> hey man now! I was really feeling like that. 
really, I really wanted to go for it. Yeah, you know? like I think, yeah, collecting experiences is so valuable and, it's, like, it yeah. actually makes you the most incredible professional, as obviously Brittany and I can attest. Hello. Because we are so incredible. Okay, so here's another thing that I would say that I think is really helpful. If you're, like, super lost and you're like, I don't even know what industry I'd want to go into. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, you know, what my interests even are, what I'm passionate about, which mm-hmm. I also hate. I hate mm-hmm. when people talk about that. But why don't you choose a few, like, um, areas of interest, right? A few things that you're like, okay, like, that's something that I could get a job in or that's something, whatever. Find someone and take a look at their kind of like, what are they up to? Most likely, I mean, these days, a lot of people are, you know, they'll have some kind of social media presence. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, they have a medium account. Maybe they have a LinkedIn profile. So you can kind of see like what they're up to. I'm not saying oh, that you should totally. like interview them, but maybe just do a little research into Such like, good advice. what, what, what are they up to? And does that look cool to you? That's, so, that's you know? such good advice because Brittany, like back in my day, there was no social, like there was social yeah. media, but people weren't using it the way they are today. So yeah. we, there weren't these kind of like YouTube day in the life things or exactly. Instagram stories where you could just follow, you could be like, Oh, who's this interesting marketing director and how do I follow her life? Whatever. Um, so there's just this whole world of resources online that you can just play around with. Mm -hmm. There's also like little, um, uh, I can't even name one, but like short free courses that you can do online. We can just be like, Oh, I'm just going to dabble in this for a day. It's amazing. Actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as we have so much choice, we also have a lot of resources mm. to kind of point ourselves in the right direction or in a direction anyways, um, which is like, yeah, much more than our parents had oh, when they were trying to figure shit out. Definitely. Oh yeah. God, our poor parents. I know. <laughs> but they also had about a, a quarter of the jobs that we have available. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's the other thing to mention is that every day more jobs are being invented and created and it's just growing exponentially. So don't, don't worry about this idea um, that you might have to sort of tread the same path for many years. You can mm-hmm. really just, you can dabble. And the, um, the career world today is much more comfortable with people staying a year and a half at a job. And, yeah. you know, like you, you don't have to stay somewhere forever. Yeah. Yeah. People are very comfortable with people moving about and changing directions. And yeah, it's so interesting. That used to be this like faux pas. Mm. Like, oh, you were only there one year. What yeah. happened? Yeah. You know? People don't even ask now. No. Which is good yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you career hop a bit? I did. I, I mean, did. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, like great. I, uh, so. I was a careers coach for a little while Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that came out of that was that I really realised that I enjoyed um, the business development side of my role, which was reaching out to people that might hire the people I was in charge of, um, going and meeting with them and really selling them on our product and on our our candidates um, and then sort of doing the deal. And I I was like, God, I really like that. That's like I love the hunt, I love the chase. And that came out of me being in another role. So I ended up moving into business development um, just by accident. And I think you've got to be open to those like accidental sort of um, the universe guiding you a little bit. Yes, yes, 100% Mm. agree. Could not agree more. And listening to your instincts. Instincts are 
so important. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're in a great position. I'm so excited about your life. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> so, I mean, our advice is just get a job, any job that is moderately interesting to you and learn. Yeah. Um, also do some research. So check out what like kinds of jobs are available and what are those people up to? Like mm. do, do a little dive into their like, be a creep, you know, mm. spy on some people for a little while and see what you can learn. Um, I think those are like the, the most important things to keep in mind right yeah. now. And just alleviate yourself this like, this stress mm. of like whatever I choose to do now is this permanent thing because it just isn't it's not permanent at all yeah um and can I just add one last thing please just fucking talk to people mm. go every person that you meet that has a job that's two years older than you to 20 years older than you yeah just say what do you do tell me all about it yeah. I'm interested what's your day look like? like be curious be generous with your time and be very like just investigate investigative uh, yes thank you I was never going to be able to say that that is a word right I, yes it is but uh, I, I just <laughs> knew I wasn't going to be able to get it out yeah no it's one like, of those uh, words uh, 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 yes yeah. oh fabulous thanks so much for your wonderful letter Danny. oh boy so Penny everyone at this point, has listened all the way to the end of the episode. Bravo, you people. I mean, attention spans these days are not very long. They're not what they used to be. Not at all. Maybe they just tuned out while they were on the train and they oh. thought about their ex-girlfriend. Yes. Or they thought about their how financial strain. Yeah. yeah. Probably how much they hate their boss. <laughs> John, if you're listening, <laughs> you, yeah, you heard it here first. We hate you. John's not listening. He's not listening. No. He definitely didn't make it to the end of the episode. He yeah, maybe he <laughs> listened, but now he's definitely not, not tuned in anymore. Okay, but, but what you're going to get right now is our resource of the week. So our resource of the week was something that our colleague Dee, shout out to Dee. Hey Dee. She shared this one with us. It's called Principles by Ray Dalio. So basically... Ray Dalio is a 70-year-old billionaire investor, hedge fund manager, and philanthropist sharing his principles for life and work. Ooh. Sorry. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, like, although we don't endorse everyone trying to be a millionaire, yeah. this is a nice one because you can kind of pick it up. You don't have to read it cover to cover. Yeah. You can just like flick through it and just yeah. pick out things that are interesting to you. Yeah. Now, one thing when it comes to like these kind of like workbooks that I've been thinking about a lot lately is remember that like what you're reading is not necessarily like directly transferable to your life. And no. that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think often people read these books and they're like, I have to do everything that this book just told me. Mm. And it's like, okay, who is this person? Where are they coming from? What industry are they in? Is it actually relevant to you? And there's bound to be several things that are, mm. but not all. So I just think it's so important to like, just, you know, self-assess yeah. and not like just blindly take in all the, you know, wisdom and advice. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, it, I mean, like this podcast is all about the idea that there is not enough room for millions of Steve Jobses. Yes. There's only one Steve Jobs. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like we need um, lots more people that are 
willing to live humble, balanced, happy lives. Exactly. <laughs> and who are nice to their co-workers. Yes. Um, we need more of that. So let's let's be those folks. Let's do that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Yeah. Um, make sure to, uh, you know, rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. Those are the three things. They are. And have a wonderful week. Yay. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.